0: Welcome to MMA on the Rocks, my My name is Bill Welker, you are listening to episode 126 of the podcast or you're joining us live here on YouTube. Today is Sunday, February the 10th, week before Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day to all you lovers out there. And a lot of people, speaking of love, were loving the main event last night, even though it wasn't the main event we thought we were going to get. But before we get too deep into UFC 234, let me introduce my co-host all the way from defrosted New Jersey, Jeff, the animal Wilson. Jeff, how are you enjoying the, the weather up there in Jersey? You had a little little warm spell. I know it's cold again, but not as frigid as it was. Get
1: Give us the update, kid. Yeah, dude. So this past week was gorgeous, Bill. Every single day was like 55, which is like. 70 in Florida weather, and uh, and you know, every day was just really nice out. The sun was shining, you could go out and do what you wanted. There are people in gym shorts running around. Um, but today and yesterday was a little bit colder, uh, which you know, it's fine. Um, I, I like the cold, um, and it's not like freezing like uh, it was uh, in the past couple weeks. So, Bill, before we get into this, how was this wedding that you went to yesterday? It was nice. Um, you know, right on the water, clear
0: water beach. Uh, it it was a good time. You know, people were getting loose and, um, I was able to still catch the fights when I got home. So overall, you know, it was a, it was a great night. Got a little, got a little break from the baby, had a, had a babysitter, go enjoy a nice wedding, some, some tunes and some drinks. And, uh, you know, everybody had a good time. And then uh got to watch some fights uh you know luckily this wasn't one of the ones um where they air earlier uh, which i usually appreciate but i was glad to get home just in time for the main card here uh which i think still delivered uh with some quality fights you know maybe not the best in terms of name recognition but uh outside of outside of australia i think anywhere else in the world you can you can put Anderson Silva at the top of a bill and it's not a problem. Uh, he's definitely a more uh, universally known name than Robert Whitaker or Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, so unfortunate set of circumstances that, uh, you know, had to result in the main event being canceled last night, but um, I don't like to dwell in the negative. So let's not lead off with that. Let's talk about, the actual main event that we got, which uh, was essentially, to a lot of people, the changing of the guard. Uh, you know, an older Anderson Silva facing a younger version of himself in Israel Adesanya. And the comparison people make is that they're both very creative and unorthodox strikers. And we definitely got to see a lot of creative things in this fight. Um, I, I don't know personally for me it wasn't the the fight of the century that i think people were um were building this up to be after after it happened i I think i saw it a little bit differently but give me your take uh on this main event jeff
1: yeah bill it was entertaining uh i and i'm kind of in the same camp as you where i don't think it was you know the greatest fight ever um i think that a lot of people were just excited to see anderson silva dancing around with his hands down um you know egging adesanya on um but a lot of the flashy stuff that they were trying to land bill none of it landed um <laughs> you know the stuff that was working for adesanya who won the fight was you know those jabs um backing anderson Silva up um and being able to deliver to uh, land right hands um you know it was it was his um his fundamentals that went on the fight um And as for both of these guys, I would have liked to see either one of them pull the trigger a little bit more. But I think, um, I think both of them held back. I think Anderson Silva, I don't know if he was really, um, I just, I felt like he didn't want to commit to anything and get caught. I think that he respected Adesanya's power and I think Adesanya just respected Silva's legacy. So I think, um, I think that's why we saw a lot of dancing around for two rounds. Yeah. And you know, they were kind of, they were having
0: fun in there, which I think, I think came across to people who were watching and, um, you know, we got to see a lot of creativity in the striking and things like that. The way I saw it was kind of like um, a sparring session in which the older fighter kind of lets the younger fighter play around a little bit uh, and land some things. And we see this in the gym all the time. But then uh usually when they're doing that, it's because the older fighter knows that they could blast to the younger fighter at any given moment. and for a lot of his career with Anderson Silva, that was the case, you know, he would let guys play around and, and look to land some flashy counter strikes. But, um, I think, you know, his brain just wasn't sending the message quickly enough to his body. Um, the, the things that Anderson Silva did land were, you know, a lot of those lead right hooks. Um, neither one of them were really landing the flashy techniques and, uh, they were they were playing around a lot, a lot of baiting, a lot of uh, a lot of setups, a lot of tricky setups, and I think they were both kind of admiring each other's tricky setups, and and not wanting to fall into any traps, and and not trying to end up on a highlight reel. The other way I saw it too was that um, I think Israel Adesanya was holding back uh, a little bit more uh, out of respect for Anderson Silva, uh, which I get. You know, we've seen what he can do when he doesn't respect an opponent. Uh, you know, like what he did to Derek Brunson, and those two, you know, had a real feud going. Um, I, I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, it was definitely, you know, worthy to be the main event. Um, You know, a lot of people said I, I can't even imagine watching another fight after this. And uh, okay, I, I I can I can get on board with that. Um, I I didn't feel like. I needed more at the end of this event. You know, I didn't think it was, it was the main event of the century, but at the same time, I felt okay about the card as a whole, uh, when it was done. Um, so, uh, what's next for Adesanya? I mean, he kind of called out Kelvin Gastelum, um, but, or, or kind of shut him down because Kelvin Gastelum was sitting cage side with a belt that I guess he must've borrowed from Henry Cejudo. I don't, Imagine the UFC, uh, loaned him one, uh, because him and Henry are, our pals and Henry Cejudo was in attendance. So, um, le- let's get into that. But before we do any other thoughts uh, on this main event or, or what's next for these two
1: gentlemen in Adesanya and Silva, Jeff, um, uh, Silva kind of said he wanted to hang up the gloves, maybe fight one more time in Brazil. Um, But as for Adesanya, man, um, I think the sky's the limit, dude. Um, He went out there. He put on a good show. um, And what I liked at the end was all the respect at the end of this fight, Bill. Um, The hugging. um, You know, Adesanya did that bow that... um, that Silva does at the end of all his fights. So it, it was, it was really nice. It was, it was nice to see that respect and Anderson Silva kind of told him, um, that he's, he's passing the baton on to him now. Um, so dude, I can't wait to see what's next for Adesanya. I'd like to see him take on Kelvin Gastelum Um, cause it reminds me of, uh, when Gastelum fought Uriah Hall, uh-huh. um, in terms of him fighting a really good striker, Adesanya has proven that he can handle, um, uh, some, um, you know, handle himself in the cage against a wrestler as he showed against Derek Brunson. So I would love to see that. Um, but Bill, before we go on, I just wanted to, um, you know, kind of point out that for those of you who may not know this yet, but, uh, Whitaker had to have emergency hernia surgery yesterday, um, in the morning. So that's why he had to pull out the day of the car of the fight card. And Bill, um, I was pretty upset. You know, I, I was texting you about it. Um, but, you know, it happens. Um, it's just, I don't like it happening too often, but what are you going to do? I, I still thought it was a really good main event between Arasanya and Silva. Yeah. It, you got to wonder what you do with, with Robert Whitaker here because this is the
0: second time, mm-hmm. it, you know, they've tried to bill him in Australia and, you know, he completely sells out an arena in, in minutes. Um, I think. I think he broke broke the record for how fast this arena sold out, you know, because he was the headliner there. Um, so uh, around the same time last year, he had a staph infection that got into his stomach, and, and he had to pull out of his fight uh, on fairly short notice. And then uh, this year, he had the hernia, so he started getting pain in his abdomen in the middle of the night. And what happens with a hernia is basically the intestines kind of break through um, the the wall of the abdomen, like some weakened tissue there. And then they get, they got pinched down and twisted up. So he actually had a twisted bowel. So they had to cut him open and, and untwist that and, and get it unstuck from his abdomen. And, you know, you you gotta wonder, uh, if, if there's something going on here, if it's related to training or diet or, or something like that, that he keeps getting issues, uh, with his stomach. Um, we don't really know too much about Robert Whitaker. He's, he's a very private guy, very quiet, uh, you know, very dignified. Uh, I don't think he likes to talk too much about what he's doing behind the scenes. Obviously what he's doing produces results in the octagon since he's the middleweight champion. Um, but you know, you have to start to bring into question, you know, uh, is he making some, some bad choices, uh, in terms of maybe overtraining, uh, maybe lifting too heavy a weight, uh, which, which obviously can cause hernias, um, and, and are there some diet related things you know, is he maintaining his body the way that he should, or is he pushing it a little bit too hard? It's starting to be reminiscent of Kane Velasquez, who's going to be fighting, uh, next, next week. Uh, you know, Cain is one of these all-time great, uh, athletes just that, um, you know, kept getting injured because he pushes it too hard. So you got to wonder if, if that comparison can be made to Robert Whitaker. And, uh, the result I think was more unfortunate for Kelvin Gaslam who put out, uh, one of the most cringeworthy videos you could see, and I could understand his frustration and understand him wanting to lash out, but he just didn't go about it in the right way. So what he did, as I mentioned earlier, he borrowed a UFC belt. I'm, I'm going to assume from Henry Cejudo. And he basically, uh, held a little press scrum where he said, I'm the champ of the world now, you know, in my world, in the amateur wrestling world. And he's not wrong when he says this. If you show up to your match and your opponent does not your opponent forfeits and it counts as a win. Uh, and that is absolutely true. That's the way it's done in amateur wrestling. If, if you don't make it to the mat when you're scheduled to wrestle, that's a loss for you. It doesn't matter if a building fell on you or you just, um, you know, stubbed your toe in the locker room and you couldn't make it on the mat for your scheduled time you lose. Um, Unfortunately for Kelvin, that's not the way things work. Uh, And I think he, he would have been better off if he had played this a little bit more respectfully. Um, you know, I understand how frustrated he is. I mean, he, he, he traveled so far and he trained so hard and busted his ass and, and got ringworm and whatever the fuck else is growing out the back of his neck and all that nasty stuff. Um, which, you know, it, it happens in gyms, you know, ringworm is a pretty common thing. Staph infections are common things. And, and, you know, I think a lot more guys fight with these things and you sometimes realize, you know, they're not always being interviewed as much as a main event right before the fight. So you can get the close up and, and, uh, you know, cropped photos on the internet of these things up close and personal and, and they're gross. Um, but, the other thing that was gross was, was Kelvin's response to Whitaker pulling out. Um I, I just, you know, and then sitting cage side with the belt too. It, it's just like, come on, man, what are you doing? This is the kind of stuff we, we expect from Colby Covington or, uh, you know, and we've, we've even seen that doesn't even work out for him, <laughs> you know, it, it got him an interim title, but then, um, you know, he saw how quick the organization turned their back on him. I don't, I don't know, man, to me, it was, it was cringeworthy. I wish he would have had some better people in his ear, like maybe telling him, don't do that. Just keep your mouth shut. Say, I hope Robert, you know, recovers quickly. And then you tell those kind of jokes to your friends on the flight, uh, and then back at the gym and then keep it there. um. Uh, that's just my take on it. Well, what do you think about uh, Whitaker's injury, Jeff, um, his repeated uh, injuries, and um, and Gastelum's
1: response? Yeah, dude. Um, I, I don't know what you do with Robert Whitaker because, like you said, man, this is the second time that he sold out an arena in Australia and he doesn't show up again. And I know, you know, it's through no fault of his own but like you said man we don't know how he's training um you know something like that where uh you know hernia a hernia comes from you know sometimes having lifting so i think that was a good point that you uh stated um you know i it's it's so easy to get hurt when when you're weightlifting too much weight or you do the wrong technique um, and as for Kelvin, I mean, yeah, as for Kelvin Gastulum, dude, um, I wasn't so offended by the, you know, I was, I was okay with the, the saying I'm the champ and everything. But, um, to me, that wasn't as cringeworthy as that shit on his lip, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, man. Um, but yeah, just like his shoulders, like at the winds, it, at first I thought it was sunburn because of how pink it was and then i looked at it, like his neck and he's got these like r- weird raunchy bumps coming out i'm like yeah I-, I think it's probably i think i think whitaker's life might have been saved here bill from yeah out of this fight
0: yeah i think uh, that was a lot of the jokes uh, on the internet that i saw like you know maybe maybe god was saving robert whitaker from <laughs> from getting whatever skin fungus Kelvin Gaslam has. Um, But yeah, it's tough. If you're the UFC, what do you do with Robert Whitaker? Because here you have a guy who's obviously championship caliber athlete. He put on, um, you know, two of the most exciting title fights uh, with Yoel Romero. But at the same time, he's a guy who won a title that was vacated by George St. Pierre. He has yet to technically defend it since his last fight with Yoel Romero. UL didn't make weight. It was not technically a title defense mm. uh, because there was no risk of losing the title. Um, and, you know, he's he's pulled out of two fights in, in about a year, two main event fights where they're trying to bill him as a superstar, uh, you know, in his home country. Um, I think if you're the UFC, you're going to have to make an interim title fight because obviously Whitaker he's not going to be able to jump right back in there after emergency hernia surgery. He's just, you know, he's going to have to take some time to rest. It seems like Gaslam's ready to go. Uh, Adesanya got out of this, you know, pretty scratch-free. I would think in about 10 weeks, we could probably see these two go at it for the interim title. And then uh, Adesanya had a great line at the end of the fight. He was like, Kelvin, what are you doing with that belt? Put it down. (laughs) So... (laughs) I I think, you know, you've kind of already primed the engine um, for this. And then, you know, I would say don't strip Whitaker. Uh, And then, you know, once he's recovered, I would say in, uh, you know, six, seven, eight months, you could have him face the winner of Gastelum and Adesanya. And in the meantime, I think this would be an appropriate situation for an interim title. I mean, you've got a, a severely injured champion who hasn't been able to fight uh in a while and you know you got two guys two top contenders who are ready to go so to me it's a no-brainer especially since you know they've got a little back and forth and they got a little heat and i think they can build a fight up and um you know at the when it's done i think they can make a good call out of whitaker and um yeah, unless you got anything else uh, on this whole main event drama, you know I'm not one for drama, Jeff, so we've already spent more time on this than than we normally would. But um, uh, we can move on to the rest of the fights here unless you have anything else. All right. So uh, a fighter who got bumped up to the co-main event here who was basically gifted a tune-up fight here. I mean, let's call this what it was. Uh, Lando Venata taking on... Uh, Marcos Mariano so Veneta coming off of what I thought was if not the best easily the top five best fights of 2018 with uh, the steamroller Matt Frivola. Um it, you know and it unfortunately for both guys went to a draw and unfortunately uh, neither of them got a bonus for that fight which you know fits me writing the checks give him fight of the night, give him fight of the year. Uh, you know, give him as many bonus checks as, as possible. You know, I would watch those two fight, uh, on every card, but so Venata coming back in here and, um, you know, fan favorite, he's obviously got the company backing, you know, they want to see this guy do well because he's flashy and, and he's got a good highlight reel put together already. Um, so they put him in here with Marcos Mariano and, um, at first, Mariano, this guy, six foot one at, at lightweight, is fucking huge. Uh, and he was a little bit too much for Lando. But once this thing got to the ground, Lando just beat him up from inside his guard. And once he passed his guard, uh, Mariano looked like he had never taken a jiu-jitsu class before because he was basically like, here's my arm. Uh, why don't you wrap it around my head? And, um, you know, got that uh, Kimura. Lando got that Camaro submission victory and uh, you know uh, in his highlight reel it's going to look good but um, you know the educated fans are going to know that this was a gift for Lando Venata here Um, you know not to take anything away from his victory I mean um, you know Marcus Mariano is still you know a challenge for anybody the guy's 6-1 and 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 hits hard but you know call a spade is spade here
1: now what do you think jeff bill i think that uh you're right i think this was a bit of a feeder fight for lando venada but i think he needed it bill this is only a second win out of uh hold on two four six there's only a second win out of seven fights in the ufc so i think he needed this mm-hmm. um and you know good for Venata. um as exciting as he is on the stand-up he's a really good uh wrestler and he's got solid jiu-jitsu so uh, good to see his grappling on display a little bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I, I still thought it was an exciting fight for as long as it went, uh, Venata, he really didn't look like he was in trouble anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. but still good performance for him and, uh, good that he got the win.
0: Yeah. So let's see him and Matt Frivola, uh, you know, get a couple of more fights each and then, uh, let's run this thing back and make that a main event of an ESPN plus, uh, you know, sign me up for that. Uh, I would want to go fly wherever that takes place and get front row tickets. Um, because that fight was just phenomenal, I can't stress that enough. Uh, something that's not phenomenal was Ricky Simone's haircut. Um, this guy, man, and I'd hate for it to distract from the fight because this was a very technical fight, but <laughs> that fucking hair, man, and the problem. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is with, with people like this Is they think it's cute And when people even do tell them Like hey you know that looks like shit They, they think like it's funny And then like alright I'll grow it longer But um Man Cut that shit off Just <laughs> What were you saying earlier
1: Jeff Get it out of the neighborhood Yeah get the shit out of the neighborhood Bill <laughs> It's not working Call the FBI Yeah <laughs>
0: call the <laughs> yeah so um overall uh, I thought this was an interesting stylistic matchup obviously Ricky Simone wanted nothing to do with the ground game of Ronnie Yaya and for good a reason uh Ronnie Yaya is one of these guys who has been quietly taking limbs for well over a decade I believe um You know, back in the WEC, uh, he was just a submission wizard, one of the best ground games uh, in all of MMA, easily. Um, And then because Ricky Simone was so concerned with the ground game of Ronnie Aya, Ronnie Aya was able to display some pretty solid striking. Uh, You know, we saw some head kicks from him, we saw some big punches that stunned Ricky Simone. But uh, at the end of the day, it was the the forward pressure of Ricky Simone and the ability to avoid the ground of Ronnie Yaya and Ronnie Yaya, aside from a couple of takedown attempts from like way outside, um, which really displayed like a a lack of wrestling prowess. um, He wasn't really trying to get this fight to the ground. It was more so he was getting knocked down a lot and then trying to make contact with Ricky Simone so that, Uh, you know, he could pull him down to the ground and, um, I'm sure he would be comfortable in the guard, which is where he wound up at at the very end of the fight, but you know, not enough time to, to get anything accomplished there. So, um, as much as I hate to admit this because of his haircut, good job to Ricky Simone for, uh, staying out of trouble against a very dangerous. And I think a lot of people watching this fight don't realize how dangerous Ricky, uh, Ronnie Yaya's ground game is. I mean, this guy has pulled submissions, uh, out of positions that, um, are just baffling. And, you know, I've been watching this sport a long time and, and Ronnie Yaya is definitely a wizard on the ground. So credit to Ricky Simone for avoiding that. And, um, you know, taking some big shots and hanging in there and, uh, and, um, getting past a guy like Ronnie Yaya, who is no easy test. Like nobody wants to fight this guy just because he doesn't have any name recognition whatsoever. Um, probably doesn't get, much publicity outside of this podcast and, and maybe like some jujitsu podcasts and blogs and stuff like that. But um, you know, one of the toughest tests in this division for sure. And Ricky Simone was able to get past him, So good for him. Thoughts on this fight, Jeff,
1: dude, I just loved it. Um, It was super exciting. Um, I, and I think Ricky Simone went in there with the right idea, man. He wanted nothing to do with Ronnie on the ground Mm -hmm. and, You know, in the standup, it was pretty back and forth. But I think uh, Ricky Simone got the deserved win. Um, I I thought he he just fought smart and was able to land some really big shots on Ronnie Aya. It it looked like he was going to have a little bit of trouble. It looked like Ronnie Aya had a little bit more reach, but good for Simone. He was able to get inside. Um, But man, that hair, dude, it just, (laughs) I felt like it took away from his performance, man yeah it,
0: it it really does uh it really does distract from a lot of things and um you know uh ricky simone i think has a lot of potential in this division uh, he got a lucky win over uh marab Desfalishvili. i don't know if you remember this fight uh from april of last year but this was the fight where marab basically dominated the fight and then uh he got caught in a guillotine at the end of the fight and it wasn't stopped, but then uh, the the referees called it a submission after the fight was over. It it was one of the, the strangest and shittiest decisions that like never should have happened. Like he didn't tap the referee, didn't break it up. The fight ended with him in the submission. And then after the fact, the referees said, um, you know, uh, yeah, th- let's call that a submission uh, just because we feel like it. And there's no repercussion for these referees, which is uh, which is unfortunate because there's, there's no governing body over them to say like, hey, you fucked up. And that situation, my segue here, that situation also involved Mark Goddard. So I'm going to skip over the ladies for a second. We will definitely get back to them. But um, s- since I segued into talking about Mark Goddard and his uh, – you know decision making which has come into question on several occasions uh two of which included sam alvey um let's talk about this stoppage of sam alvey by jimmy crew so what happened was sam alvey got basically leveled by jimmy crew i would have been okay if the fight had been stopped at that point because alvey seemed out of it um He was almost knocked out cold, but he was able to recover a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Crute got the fight to the ground. He was landing some big shots, but Alvey had both thumbs up in the air. Mark Goddard steps in. Um, I believe there was an opportunity to stop this fight. I don't think it should have been when it happened, and Sam Alvey was especially uh, pissed because... Uh, he has history with Mark Goddard and even talked to him in the back and said, look, I'm going to give you a signal. I'm going to give you uh, something to let you know I'm still in here. So, you know, don't stop the fight if I'm doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately for Sam Alvey, uh, it, it didn't go his way. So Goddard got in there and and stopped the fight and a big win for Jimmy Crute. Uh, you know, it's going to go down as a TKO over a a very notable opponent in Sam Alvey on his record. So uh, credit to him and, uh, you know, probably would have been stopped anyway, but um, just because Sam was, you know, given the thumbs up and then he got up so quickly uh, it was it was an unfortunate ending all around. But give me your thoughts on this one, Jip.
1: Yeah, Bill. I know that Sam Alvey's upset, but I didn't think it was a bad stoppage. Um, Sam Alvey, yeah, he had his thumbs up, but he wasn't defending himself. He was just eating shots. <laughs> yeah, fair um, point. You know, and turtled up—that's never a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, dude, I—I I, I really didn't think it was a bad stoppage. I know Sam Alvey's upset, but I think for his own for his own good, I think it was a good stoppage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, the, the fact that he was saying he was okay. And then, you know, the history with Mark Goddard. Um, so it it was his last fight against little nog, I believe, um, where he was TKO'd and, and Goddard stopped it early. I don't really recall that fight too vividly, but, um, I know it was a, a point of contention for Sam Alvey, but I mean, this guy fights like every other week anyway. So uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll bounce back. He, you know, he's, he's a tough competitor. And if he really wasn't hurt, then uh, I'm sure he'll be back in there quickly. And, um, you know, great win for, for Jimmy Crute. So let's not take away from that. He remains undefeated and, um, you, you know, big win in, in his uh, home country of Australia. And, uh, you know, the, the light heavyweight division definitely needs some contenders. So, uh, l- let's get this guy a quick turnaround and, and, get him back in there. You know, we got a lot of guys coming off this, uh, Tuesday night contender series in the light heavyweight division. It, you know, you got guys like Johnny Walker running around now and you got this, uh, young 22 year old stud, um, who's only going to get better. So. Uh, you know, bright things in the future for Jimmy Crute. All right, let's rewind a little bit back uh, towards the top of the card and talk about these ladies here in uh, Montana De La Rosa and Nadia Kasim. Uh This was fairly one-sided, um, and I, I was – worried about the joints of Nadia Kasim for a while here because she was in some deep, deep submission, some deep arm bars where her arm was getting twisted and bent all around. And I was watching this like, oh, that does not look comfortable, but she hung in there, man. And she was like stuck in a, stuck in a triangle and, and like not, she did not want to tap. And, you know, finally, I guess, uh, De La Rosa twisted that arm just the right way. And, um, uh, eventually got the tap. Give me your thoughts on this one, Jeff.
1: Yeah, dude, De La Rosa looked really good in there. Some very nice jujitsu from her. And like you said, man, Cassim's a tough chick, bro. Mm-hmm. Um hanging in there in what looked to me like a really tight triangle at one point. Uh like Cassim's face was all red and stuff. I thought she was going to just pass out. Mm-hmm. before she tapped um i'm glad she did tap for her sake because she she was in there in some really really bad spots mm-hmm. and uh credit to de La rosa man uh she's exciting to watch uh like we said i really like her jujitsu i want to see what's next for her in this women's flyweight division who you know at the moment it's looking a little dry at the top um i don't see too many contenders for shevchenko at the moment yeah. And I think, uh, for De La
0: Rosa, this is great that they made this division because I believe she has not lost a fight since moving up to fly weight. Um, I, I think, you know, she's got, she's got a bigger frame. She's five foot seven. So, uh, you know, straw weight, I think was drawing her out a little bit too much. Um, now that she's able to, you know, fight at a more comfortable weight. Um, I, I believe it's, I believe it's three or four in a row uh, since moving up. I, I, I'm not sure exactly like when, when the weight change took place, but, you know, two impressive victories in a row, uh, you know, submission wins over Rachel Ostevich and, and Nadia Kasim. So um, definitely a great performance from her. Um, so we'll move into, uh, you know, we'll lightly talk about the prelims here. We'll just kind of breeze over them so we can, we can look forward to next week. Just a couple of things I want to talk about here, Jeff, and and then you respond um, with, with whatever you caught. But uh, one thing I definitely want to mention is Devontae Smith. Um, this guy, you know, I, I, I'm i not one to jump on hype trains too early, Jeff. You know this about me. But Devontae Smith is a guy who I believe has a superstar potential. I mean, this guy is just knocking people out left and right. Um, he had a nasty elbow KO on the Tuesday night contender series. Then he makes his UFC debut 46 second knockout over Juliana Rosa. And then last night against a very tough and durable dong, Hyun Ma, uh, you know, he knocks him out in the first round and this guy just has spectacular boxing skills. The way he moves in and out of the pocket is really a spectacle. Um, you know, he moves in and out. And is able to throw punches going in and throw punches backing up, um, you know, the way every boxing coach would want to see a fighter do it. Uh, You know, his one-two right down the pipe is so crisp and so clean. And he's able to throw things so with such perfect timing. As he's stepping forward, as he's stepping back, uh, just a phenomenal athlete and really a great performance. He called out Francisco Trinaldo at the end of this fight. I think that's a perfect call out for him. It's a step up in competition, but it's not too big of a leap. uh, And that's exactly what I would want to see for this young, uh, lightweight fighter. Um, Did you catch this fight, Jeff? And if not, uh, did I sell you on trying to see it now?
1: yeah unfortunately i didn't get a chance to watch it live i was out with a couple of friends but i think i'm gonna definitely go back and check this one out
0: yeah definitely do and uh if i had to give you another one from the undercard to watch and uh, that goes for everybody listening as well that would be Kyung Ho kang and taroto ishihara uh these guys uh this fight only lasted 4 minutes but in that 4 minutes these guys were swinging wild on each other um you know just slinging heavy leather back and forth i think they both got dropped uh almost knocked out each of them and then uh you know it resulted in a rear naked choke um victory for Kang so um go back and check this fight out because this was just 4 minutes of wild action um And it was a really exciting fight. And then the only other thing I want to mention, Jalen Turner, uh, getting a, a knockout with a body kick over, uh, Kalen Potter. So Jalen Turner is another one of these young prospects, I think is, um, is worth keeping an eye on. Um, you know, very explosive, striking 23 years old. He's six foot three and 155 pounds. Um, so I think it'd be fun to see him, face James Vick down the line because I think <laughs> um you know they got to be the two biggest lightweights uh on the planet. Uh six foot three is just absurd. 155 yeah. pounds. Um but yeah um you know he came off a, a tough loss against Vicente Luque in his last fight, but you know came back with a vengeance, you know, getting a first round knockout in under a minute here. Um so he he's definitely one to keep an eye on jalen the tarantula turner so uh if there's anything else uh i missed from this undercard um you know send me a message on social media let me know if i have to check it out because otherwise we're just going to move on because we have the first ufc on big espn i guess you'd call it espn on tv i don't know what do you call this one uh we used to say big fox when it was on just regular Fox instead of Fox sports one. So we've had two cards on ESPN plus Um, this next fight, February 17th is going to be UFC on ESPN one. So it's going to be on the actual ESPN television channel. So you don't have to fuck with that annoying app. Um, And it's going to be Sunday, February 17th. I want to make sure I'm clear about that. And uh, this is going to be in Phoenix, Arizona and headline by none other than Cain Velasquez, who You know, it's only appropriate to have Kane headline this card since he headlined the first card on Big Fox uh, against Junior Dos Santos many, many moons ago. So the return of Kane Velasquez, I'm so excited for this. Jeff is fist-pumping for those of you who aren't watching on YouTube, so I know he's excited, and he's going to be taking on Francis Ngannou. This is a, a, a really awesome and really intriguing matchup. Um because and I know you're excited, Jeff, but before I turn it over to you, I just want to say this is a fight where you would think, oh, well, Kane is, has got this incredible wrestling background. He could just take Francis down, and yeah, he could, but Kane is also a guy who wants to stand and crack with the biggest, baddest men on the planet, uh, and it, you know, if Francis is not too worried about that takedown and he gets comfortable in there, uh, we're going to see some fireworks and somebody's head might end up in the fifth row. Uh, So with that, Jeff, I know you're itching with anticipation over there. What are your thoughts on this main event on ESPN next weekend?
1: Dude, I can't wait. I love that it's on a Sunday because at least here in the United States, that is president's day weekend. So I have off the next day and the day after that, I'm excited. I can stay up late on a Sunday. It'll feel like a Saturday to me and dude, and ganu versus Cain Velasquez, man, I love it. Yes, Velasquez can wrestle, but like you said, Bill, he's happy to stand and bang, dude. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of power in his hands. He's got vicious cardio. And I mean, part of the reason he's been out for so long, for those of you who are coming in, is because of how hard he trains. Um, he trains with Daniel Cormier, Luke Rockhold, um, both uh, one, a former middleweight champion, the other, a former light heavyweight champion and the current heavyweight champion of the UFC. So this guy's no joke, man. Um, he's been out for a couple of years. And if you're a fan who is just coming into the UFC and you've never watched King Velasquez fight before tune in.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Velasquez has never been in a boring fight. Uh, This guy produces every time he gets in there and, you know, unfortunately has had, uh, a really poor string of bad luck when it turn, when it comes to injuries, just like major injuries. And a lot of them, you know, it's suspected from the the hard sparring that goes on at uh, AKA, as well as, you know, just pushing himself too hard, which, you know, a lot of people suspect may be the same issue with Robert Whitaker. You know, this is still a very young sport, and I think people are still trying to figure out the right way to do things. You know, there's a lot of new philosophies and ideologies about, you know, the right amount of sparring and the right amount of weightlifting and everything like that. And, you know, getting the science of it down, you know, it used to just be put a mouthpiece in, get in there. And, and, you know, if you're a wrestler, you wrestle, if you're a boxer, you box and, and you just, you know, try to bash each other's brains in. But I think it's a lot more scientific and technical now, but uh, we're guaranteed to see fireworks in that main event. We're also going to see a lot of standing and banging in the co main event, which is Paul Felder and James Vick. These are two guys who also like to stand and strike. Um, tall order for Paul Felder, pun intended. James Vick, um, you know, the biggest uh lightweight on the roster, I believe. Uh, after his last fight with Justin Gaethje, I wanted to see him move up to welterweight. I mean, six foot three. Um, it's just absurd. I can't imagine he's he's making that weight easily. I, I would really like to see him at, at 170 or if they create that 165-pound division. But um, even though I wanted that, I want this fight with Paul Felder, <laughs> I think, a little bit more. Uh, th- this should be a really entertaining fight. I think uh, Paul Felder a little bit more well-rounded, uh, a little bit more experienced uh, in in big fights uh you know this is a a co-main event on on espn this is a big deal and we saw what happened with james vick i think the pressure got to him in his last fight of being the main event against justin gaethje and uh you know that unfortunately did not work out so well for him but uh this is an exciting one give me your thoughts on this one
1: jeff yeah dude i love it i think there's gonna be a really interesting stand-up battle um paul felders like you said very well rounded um but he has struggled in his last couple fights against elite level strikers. Mm-hmm. And I think James Vic can give him a hard time. Um, like I said, this is going to be stand up all the way. I don't see it going to the ground. And I think, Honestly, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I think this is going to end up in a finish bill. I think both of these guys are really good strikers. Uh, We know James Vick has finishing power, Paul Felder, Mm -hmm. the same deal. Um, His ground and pound is really, really improved uh, in his last couple of fights. So I think this is going to be a really good one to watch as well.
0: Yeah. And it, and this is this could be one of those ones these are two bleeders too so this yeah. could be one of those ones that just dies the mat i mean paul felder as handsome of a man as he is you know tv personality and everything like that i'm pretty sure his face is just held together sh- strictly of scar tissue um yeah. <laughs> uh, we know that he opens up and 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 bleeds uh quite profusely and dude this card is stacked so up and down um yeah. i want to get into everything but i think the fight i'm looking forward to the most if you look about halfway down, we got Aljamain Sterling and Jimmy Rivera. This fight, this is a fucking fight. Um I I don't know why this isn't further up on the card. I mean, these are two of the baddest bantamweights on the planet. Um you know, Jimmy Rivera is going to come in there I believe like a man possessed. Uh you know, he he came off of, you know, the knockout loss to Marlon Moraes and then you know, kind of a a snooze fest with John Dodson. And, you know, I think he's going to find in Aljamain Sterling a guy who's actually going to engage with him. And these are two guys who are good everywhere. Um, Both creative strikers. Um, Both have really great highlight reels. Um, I I think Aljo would probably have the advantage if this fight were to go to the ground. But, um, man, I'm really excited for this one, Jeff.
1: Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, that's the main event of the prelims and dude, I, I think I agree, man. Jimmy Rivera is going to go in there. He's probably pissed, man. I mean, he was so high up, almost had a title shot and then Marlon Mahe finished him in like a second or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Dude, and I'm just looking up and down at this card, man. There are so many fights I'm excited for. Uh Um, uh, Cynthia Calvio's on here. I love her. Kron Gracie's in here. Uh, He's going to fight Alice Caceres. Um Cron Gracie, if you don't know who he is, um, definitely check this fight out. He's he's very, very he's yeah. one of the more skilled uh Gracies currently competing. Uh, and one of the
0: most aggressive. I mean, Cron Gracie is a finisher. He's not like a point jujitsu guy. He's a guy who is looking to take limbs, take necks, and uh he had he's four and zero, but you know, three of the three of his um, MMA wins came in rising against, mm. you know, pretty tough competition. There's no easy fights over there. So he jumped right into the deep end and uh, he's getting in there with Alex Caceres, who, you know, is a notable name and um, he's been susceptible to submissions in the past. However, Alex Caceres can kick your head off. So this is a win-win for the UFC. You know, if Kron comes in and is able to get an easy submission over Alex Caceres, you know, they have a Gracie that they can they can build up, um, you know, which they haven't had a, in a pretty long while um, because of some unfortunate circumstances. But, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that one, Jeff. Sorry to, to cut you off. I know you had some momentum going there, but... Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, dude, you're absolutely right, man I'm really, and you know, uh, like you said Gracie, he's in there to hurt people, man um, mm-hmm. I love it So I'm really excited to see him make his UFC debut um, Vicente is in here Andre Philly versus Miles Jury Is going to be a really, really good stand-up battle mm-hmm. um, Give me a second here Um like I said, uh, like we said, Jimmy Rivera versus all Sterling is going to be fireworks. Uh, Hennon Barrow's in here and Alexandra Albu is, I think making her UFC debut. Um, I have never seen her fight before. Um, but I have checked out her Instagram and, <laughs> um, Bill for aesthetic reasons. I'm very happy. She's making her debut.
0: Yeah. So she is, is one that the UFC is trying to build up, um, you know, maybe not so much for her fighting prowess, but her social media presence. Um, so for those uh, curious, if you've never heard of her, it's A-L-E-K-S-A-N-D-R-A and Albu, A-L-B-U. This will actually be her third fight in the UFC. So obviously, Jeff, you haven't been paying that much attention to her fighting skills as nope. you have her Instagram skills, nope. uh, which uh, <laughs> I, I think she's probably going to be uh, more well known for. Uh, but yeah, we, that should be an interesting fight. Um, Jody Esquivel and Jessica Penny uh, will be interesting. Uh, Hennen Burrell and Luke Sanders. These are two guys who have both been on streaks of bad luck, but are both really tough guys. I mean, Hennen Burrell used to be on top of the world and um, he, you know, once he met a guy named TJ Dillashaw, he, things started going downhill for him. And uh, Luke Sanders, I believe, coming off a loss to Ronnie Yaya. Um, so these are two guys with something to prove. They could be fighting for their jobs. Uh, Andrea KGB Lee and Ashley Evan Smith will be an in, in awesome female fight. And then uh, you already mentioned Vince, Vicente Luque and Brian Barberina. Those are two. Fucking bangers! Those guys are gonna get in there and sling some leather. So, all the way up and down, um, this is an amazing card. I, I want to watch this entire thing, and you know, nothing better to do uh, on a on a Sunday afternoon, Jeff, than take in some quality fights. Um, you know, have uh, I guess I, I guess a lot of people have the day off the next day, so uh, this will be awesome. This is a great uh, Valentine's. A gift um so so ladies out there if you want to get your man something special just you know get him a get him a six pack of his favorite beer and tell him you won't bother him on sunday afternoon that's all you have to do little insider tip uh <laughs> so awesome fights um we had um there was bellator this weekend too over in london uh i didn't catch that i don't really care to uh i will defer you to our friends at the martial arts chat podcast. uh, If you guys are interested in coverage on that. Um, So go check them out. I'm sure they're going to be covering it extensively. Um, What I want to cover extensively, Jeff, and something I'm really excited about. I picked up a bottle of Blanton's bourbon uh, this past week, and this was really exciting for me because I had been going through different phases Uh, you know, I was, I was really into rum for a while. I was doing scotch for a long time, but you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm, I'm always a bourbon lover and I had about, you know, maybe a finger or two left in my bottle of Blantons that I have in my bar. And this stuff is really hard to come by because it's limited release. And I, I guess people are, are really starting to catch on how awesome this stuff is. And they're basically outselling their supply every year, which, basically as I'm talking myself through this, I shouldn't be talking about it on the show, but I can't help myself. Um, And then, you know, maybe if I talk about it, somebody will be uh, gracious and send me some uh, from, from the Blanton's company. So Blanton's, if you're listening, um, you know, please send some my way. In any case, one of my favorite bourbons, Jeff, unfortunately it's almost impossible to come by. So every time I drive past a liquor store and I have some time, I pop in to see if they have any. And, um, I was in desperation mode because I was running out and I happened to wander into this liquor store called ABC, which is a chain liquor store down here. And he said he didn't have any in and he didn't expect to get any in till the end of March. And the, the panic started to set in Jeff. And then I was walking out the door and he said, Hey, we actually have one bottle that was hiding behind the counter here. And I was like, I don't even care what it costs. Um, that's a lie, I do care what it costs, uh, but <laughs>
1: Yo, you got a baby to feed. Come on now, <laughs> that's true. well, yeah,
0: I guess I can't give the baby bourbon so <laughs> but it does have corn it's it's made from corn, it's gotta have some nutritional value, right <laughs> uh, <laughs> in any case, got my hands on it. If you can get your hands on some um you know l- let me know what you think of it. uh you know, I wouldn't steer you guys wrong. It, it's got a. It's got a sweetness to it, kind of like a. You'll get some cherries and and some vanilla in there. And uh, Jeff, I'll be glad to share some with you if there's any left uh, when you come down to visit in a couple of months, which I'm definitely looking forward to. I'm looking forward to ESPN one, headlined by Cain Velasquez and Francis Ngannou, and uh, I'm looking forward to enjoying this beautiful weather today. We're gonna barbecue with the family, and um, you know. Maybe be productive, but probably not. It doesn't matter because it's a beautiful day. What are you looking forward to, Jeff? And do you have anything else you want to get off your chest, my friend?
1: Yeah, dude. Well, I'm looking forward to staying inside all day because it's cold out again. But, um, you know, I got some soccer lined up. But, Bill, last night um, to pregame for UFC 234 and then to drink away my sorrow at the fact that the main event got canceled, Uh I was drinking a favorite of the show, some Sierra Nevada pale ale. you know, it's just a really nice beer, really balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how I love my hops, Bill, and Bill. It just reminds I ne- every time I drink, I drink it. I don't know if it's the label or if it's the taste, but. I always remember that like spring day that we first that you first introduced me to it on the show, mm-hmm. and um, that bird sitting on your car <laughs> as we were recording in the middle of a park. Um, <laughs> so it's so for me, Sierra Nevada has some good memories. Um, like I said, I, I love the taste of it, man. Um, anytime I see a Sierra Nevada on the menu. Um, you know, I'm, I've been trying to take it easy on the beer lately because of all the calories, but man, we were in this restaurant. And as soon as I saw Sierra Nevada, I thought to myself, screw this. I gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of sensory association
0: you bring back some memories when we used to record that show, record the show, drinking a six pack, sitting in the park, <laughs> like just recording on my phone, how far we have come Jeff to such, um, such status these days where we can still drink beer and, and do this <laughs> 1200 miles apart. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we got long one today, uh, much longer than I anticipated, but Hey, when there's stuff to talk about, and we get on a roll. That's what happens here. And we weren't even drinking today. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, if so, let us know on social media. If not, let us know that too. What do you want to hear differently? from us we're open to criticism so let us know if you want to get a hold of jeff it's at animal underscore wilson on twitter and you guys know how to get a hold of me it's at ma on the rocks on all your favorite social media platforms let us know what you're thinking and drinking out there until next week cheers everybody goodbye